It's time to pick up the phone. Answer that call. This call is your calling and you can't hide from it or ignore it. That passion you have to help people and make a difference isn't going anywhere. You deserve to get paid and paid well doing work you love and changing lives. Everything in your life has led you here. And now we're here to help you figure out how to make your destiny your reality. Welcome to Six Figure Certified Coach, the podcast hosted by Inner Glow Circle. IGC is an internationally accredited life coaching school created to take your existing professional skills paired with your life experience and turn it into a six-figure coaching business. We've trained thousands of successful coaches and now it's your turn. Let's get focused, get real, and get you six-figure certified. Hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Katie DePaula, founder of Inner Glow Circle, back with the next episode of Six Figure Certified Coach. And today, I'm so excited. I'm interviewing my friend and Inner Glow Circle graduate, Alina Lipson, on her six-figure business and life. Welcome, Alina. Hi, Katie. Glad to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited about this conversation. We were texting about it last week, talking about it again just now. So we have a lot to share with you. And Elena has a really diverse and dynamic background. Um, it was funny, you sent over your bio and I was reading through this and it's like for nearly 20 years. And I'm like, oh my God, I also have a career that's like nearly 20 years. And it's like, <laughs> okay, we've got the street cred people. Um, so for nearly 20 years, she served as a healthcare consultant, coach, and partner to establish and emerging companies in the public, private, and nonprofit sectors. So she's really has a ton of experience. She has a proven record, pr proven track record of focused results-oriented leadership that's contributed to launching new products and services, building strategic partnerships and relationships, improving processes, growing revenue, trusting as a serving as a trusted advisor and pushing organizations to think differently, which we'll talk about as well, both as organization as, and as individuals. And she's really, really passionate about supporting other women in their careers. Obviously she wouldn't be here if she wasn't, um, but she's had a lot of really interesting experiences in corporate America, some good, some not so good, and as an entrepreneur, and she brings all of those together in her own business coupled with her professional training and coaching certification. So you've got quite the resume, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Thanks for the awesome introduction. Yeah. So tell us, what's your company called? And tell us a little bit about your mission and main focus. Sure. So my business is called Mosaic Growth Partners, and my mission is really twofold. So I am a health healthcare strategy consultant. And so through that, I help clients in the digital health and the life sciences space commercialize new products and services. And then I also am a certified executive coach for women. And so there, I'm really helping successful uh, professional women really reimagine their careers in a way that fits in with their whole life. So not just their work life, I'm helping them really build lives and, and careers that they love, not just ones that they're going to tolerate. Mm. And it's funny. Cause like when we first met, you were in your own journey of trying to figure out what else you wanted in life. Tell us a little bit about the backstory of what brought you to reach out to me. We had a mutual friend. I went back and found our very first email ever. I always like to do this with people. Um, so we were introduced by a mutual friend who I actually had gone through coach training with back, 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 back in the day. But what made you reach out? Like what was going on with you where you were like, oh, maybe I'll talk to a, a business coach. Maybe I'll talk to a life coach. 
Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of different things that really led me to IGC. Um, so I had been in my business for a couple of years and I was starting to feel like, um, like it was good, but I wanted to do something more. And that stemmed from a couple of different things. Like I had a couple of realizations at the same time. So I had spent about 15 years in corporate America and I had been really fortunate that I had a lot of mentors and sponsors there and overall had like a pretty good experience. And I knew how to really navigate that world. And then when I went to start my own business, um, my experience is a little different and I started to feel like some people were trying to take advantage of me, whether mm. it was like ignoring our contract terms or trying to pay me less or even just like sexist comments. And, you know, I just thought a lot of this stuff probably wouldn't be happening if I was a man. Um, mm. And around the time that all this was happening, I actually started my own podcast and did it for about a year. And I was interviewing like healthcare professionals, athletes, and entrepreneurs really to hear their unique stories of their personal and professional growth. And as I was doing that, people kept reaching out and saying, wow, you know, I really think like you should be a coach. And so I started to think more about it. I decided I didn't love doing the podcast, but I really liked exploring people's growth in their personal and professional lives. And so mm -hmm. I developed this digital course um, and I had the whole course done and then I realized I didn't know how to market it. And mm -hmm. so the friend that you referred to was like, oh my God, I know the perfect person for you to talk to. And it was you. And so I remember coming to you and being like, I just need help marketing this course. And you, as you do, you were like really pushing me to kind of think bigger than that. Mm. Um, and I started to realize how much I didn't actually know about coaching if I wanted to really do it with integrity. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I had like 15 years of consulting experience before I launched my consulting business. And I just felt like if I wanted to bring that same level of rigor and integrity to coaching, I should really get trained for my benefit and my client's benefit. And so that's really how I ended up enrolling in IGC, which is a long answer, but it was really a lot of different factors that brought me here. I think it speaks though to what so many of us go through as women in our careers, where we're like, just feeling multiple things at the same time. And sometimes that pressure causes us to make a move that feels out of the box for us. And sometimes just like shaking things up and opening the box up does unlock different things inside of us, unlocks different aspects of our business. You were already an entrepreneur. So you had that advantage per se, but you know, for a lot of people, they go through a program and, and just, or decide to hire a coach when they're still in corporate. And, you know, you had already gained a lot of ground on your own, but there was more that you were trying to sort of rattle and get to the, the bottom of. And so I, I just, I think it's really interesting. And I love like the point in, in your life that we met. Cause I think it, it helped shake things up a little bit. What was going through coach training like for you having had 15 years of experience as a consultant? I'm sure there was like a part of you that was like, you know, in the consultant mind throughout, but what was that like? Um, it was like, it expanded my thinking so much. It was challenging and uncomfortable at times because as a consultant, you're like forced to come in and like know the answer or help your clients find the answer and go out and figure it out if they don't know it. And you never want to seem like, you know, you don't know the answer. And then in coaching, it's really about helping other people find the answer. So I had to like reframe how I looked at things that I'm not coming in here to like fix everything and solve everything. And so it was like slowing down, stepping back 
and that was like a new, <laughs> a new way to approach things. But also I feel like I had a lot of personal growth mm-hmm. going through this because, you know, the curriculum covers so many different things. And so mm-hmm. it's almost like, I feel like it's almost like therapy <laughs> for yourself and your business as you're going through this. And I still use so many of the tools today, whenever I'm having like doubt or thinking about new directions in my business, I try to think about like, what would I tell somebody else to do in this, try to take some of the emotion out of it and try to also figure out like what's really going on. And those were things I probably didn't do as much before I went through the coach training program. Yeah. It's so interesting that you like say the word therapy because we've done episodes on coaching versus therapy by the time this episode releases, there will be an episode just before yours that talks about consulting versus coaching. And I know we're discussing some of that today, but it's so interesting because they truly are, let's look at therapy, let's look at consulting, let's look at coaching. They truly are different modalities, different skill sets, different, you know, you can have different practitioners, right? Like, so I could have a business consultant, I could have a personal therapist, and I could have a life coach or a business coach or whatever kind of coach, right? I can have all of those things. Or I could maybe have a therapist who's also trained as a coach or a consultant who's also trained as a coach. So what, what is your opinion on that? Like a, a weaving between them as from the practitioner lens? Um, I think it's tricky. So um, you know, obviously I don't act as a therapist in any capacity, so I can't speak to that one. Sure, but, sure. Um, like I, I actually have shied away from acting a, as a consultant and a coach to the same clients mm. because you really have to show up differently. And I don't feel, at least in a formal capacity, I don't feel that they really always understand, you know, why you show up differently or when you say, like, now I have my coaching hat on, like, right. it doesn't really make sense to most people, even when you explain it. Um, and so I feel like, you know, I have consulting clients that then, you know, come to me informally for coaching things. And I probably don't show up the same way I would for my coaching clients. I probably am like telling a little more than I should be facilitating. Um, but I also like, I don't know, it's just tricky because they're, they're used to seeing you as like the person that finds the answers. And then you could give them the answers too, for the things that they're coming to you for, but that's not what you do as a coach. So um, I like to think of it more as mentoring when I'm doing it with my consulting clients and informally. And then yeah. when I coach people, um, one interesting thing that I've found particularly about the women that I coach is that they tend to be like really successful, like often type A women mm-hmm. who are like hard charging. And a lot of times they don't really take the time to step back and, and like get uncomfortable and figure out what's really going on. And I know, cause I was the same way. Um, and mm-hmm. so Sometimes they come to me and they're really just looking for me to like have a training and tell them, okay, step one, step two, step three, do this. And like, I can, but that's not really what coaching is. And so I think it's really important, especially if you kind of act in both roles to be really clear about what a coach does versus what a consultant does, because um, you don't want people to have, you know, unmet expectations too, if they hire you to be a coach and then they're expecting you to, you know, give them a manual, everything they need to do. Yeah. I think I was telling you this over text when we were talking, but um, it's really interesting that ICF released a report. 94% of coach practitioners offer services in addition to coaching. And most frequently, 60% of the time, that's also consulting. And then sometimes it's training or facilitation or, you know, many other things can fall in there. To me, like the most simple distinction I've come up with is consulting is telling, coaching is asking. And, 
you know, when I was explaining it to someone the other day who came to me and was saying she feels so much pressure as a consultant, you know, in, in my mind, sometimes we can lay out step-by-step process for people, but when they can't complete the step-by-step and we have to figure out what's actually in the way for them as an individual, then that's where coaching comes in. So I see what you're saying. And it's, it's interesting because the way, the reason Elaine is talking like this, for those of you guys who are listening, is because in coach training, we say like, sometimes you might have to, to prep your client and say, you know, I, I'm actually not operating as a coach right now. This is coming from a consulting lens. And, you know, some people get that, some people don't. But um, it's interesting to see how you've meshed those worlds together. Yeah, and I think um, it also depends on like if your clients have worked with coaches before. So a lot of my clients, I'm the first coach they've ever had. So I'm so grateful that IGC set those expectations of how to lay the foundation with me Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't have known, you know, that people didn't know what that meant or that a coach shows up differently than a consultant. And I probably wouldn't have known that either. Um, And since I am working with so many people that haven't had a coach before, I think that upfront education is so important. And, And because a lot of coaches aren't certified, they don't know that. And so people are going out and talking to other coaches that don't operate that way. And so I always want to make sure it's a good fit with the women that I coach too, that if they are looking for someone to show up more as a consultant, that, you know, I'm not that coach. I am that consultant when I act as a consultant, but if you're hiring me to be your coach, I'm not that person. (laughs) It's funny. You've known me for years. So, you know, I am like a fan of the most random analogies, but my brain is very visual. And like, I just, I, I, I love analogies with coaching and I think what's coming to me and you tell me if this is so silly, but it's almost like if you go get a massage and your massage therapist can do deep tissue, they can do lymphatic drainage massage, they could do stretching, right? All of these things ultimately work the body and not every massage therapist is trained in lymphatic drainage. Not everyone is trained to stretch you, right? They could sit there and do it, but they might overstretch you or they might. And so it's like different ways to, to, to maybe get to the same result, right? To hopefully get to the same result. But like, if I was a massage therapist, to me, it's just, it's more visual. It's like, of course I would want to know different ways to help someone, you know, relax their muscles and become more flexible or whatever their goals are. So for me, you know, I want to be trained as a coach. I want to be trained as a consultant. I'm also not trained as a therapist, but I do have a, you know, trauma lens on my work. And so I can refer someone out or, you know, there are parts of the conversation that I can handle. And I just, you know, I, it's still so crazy to me that like, you have to have like, a certification to be able to do someone's nails, but you don't have to, to have one to be a life coach when, gosh, you're getting like so up close and personal with people. I know. I love that analogy. I think that really helps visualize, you know, what I was trying to say. And, um, you know, having that skill set, even if I'm not coaching a ton of people, I do bring it into my consulting. So like in my consulting work, I do a lot of consumer research with like patients and caregivers, and it involves a lot of like empathetic listening. And sometimes you do kind of have to like coach the answer out of them because you never want to like lead uh, the the patients and caregivers to say a certain thing. And so I feel Mm -hmm. like it's made me better as a consultant as well. Um, So even if you don't use your your coach training skills on a day-to-day basis with clients, it just ends up showing up in your life in different ways that you probably wouldn't expect. Yeah, I love that. 
So, hi, it's Kalia, IGC coach training grad and six-figure certified coach. I know you're here listening to these incredible stories of successful coaches and wondering, when will it be my turn? I'm sure you entered this year with the goal of finally stepping into your purpose. And there is no better way than enrolling in IGC's internationally accredited coach training program. Enrollment is open now and it is your turn. So take the first step by going to innerglowcircle.com forward slash call right now and book a free call with me. Your six-figure certified story starts today. Earlier when I asked you to come on the show, I asked you to also tell me some, a little bit about your six-figure success story. You know, tell us a little bit about what made you leave corporate? How did you know you were going to be able to support yourself? Like a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast, they're thinking about making a move and you made a move and you made a bold move and you've stuck with it. Right. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that and you know, how you, how you decided you were going to succeed and maybe some of even, even the challenges along the way. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing this for about seven years. I would say, I was so confident when I went to make this decision to do it. I think if I had known all of the roadblocks and challenges that would come along the way, (laughs) I might not have done it because it's sort of just like sheer blind confidence. But at the time I, um, I had been working in industry and, um, I, I felt like I was ready for a new role. I was looking for jobs and I just wasn't seeing anything that was really exciting to me. And I was also managing a number of consultants at the firm I was at. And I had been a management consultant for about 10 years before that. And Mm -hmm. I developed, I was in a business development role, my last role um, as an employee. And so I had this big network that I had fostered through that role. And I started to think, you know, I could do what these consultants are doing. Mm -hmm. I have this network. And I just figured, you know, I, if this doesn't work out, I can just go back and get another job as an employee. Um, Like I have a good track record. And so I didn't see it as super high risk. Um, And obviously that was (laughs) a little naive and also just like a privileged position to be in. Um, But I was fortunate that my employer at the time actually hired me to consult for them for a couple of months. So it gave me Mm -hmm. a nice soft landing. And then I was able to do a lot of networking and and meet a lot of people and just develop a pretty steady business over time. But I I have changed my business model over the years and the way I operate and the types of clients I serve. And I think it's really important to to really listen to what the market's telling you, Mm -hmm. listen to what your gut is telling you. Where you start is not necessarily where you're going to be a year or two or five years later, and it's okay to iterate. And so um, that's really kind of, you know, what led me to do it. And, um, you know, when things, things do get challenging sometimes, especially in the first couple of years, like I didn't always, um, have clients that were like the best fit for me. And it took me a while to figure out like, you know, what was, and so you have, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, like you have those, those clients that, you know, suddenly don't want to abide by the contract terms, or, you know, you're just feeling kind of like uncomfortable about stuff that's happening. And you have to figure out how to extricate yourself in those situations. Mm-hmm in a professional way and things and a way that feels like integrity and integrity with, you know, your values too. And so navigating that um, was tricky, but I I haven't really had those type of things happen in the last few years. I just feel like I had to kind of work out the kinks. And I think that probably happens in any new business. Yeah. I mean, it can be lonely or isolating to be an entrepreneur, particularly a, a solopreneur, if like you're the main part of your business but there's so many ways to get support, right? Whether it's hiring a coach, hiring a mentor, just having 
people that you can reach out to and bounce ideas off of building your own little network, your own little mastermind. What I love about what you shared, Elena, is this idea of using what you have, right? And so many people get so freaked out about the thought of leaving their consistent job. And I'm always, I'm always a fan of don't just quit and ditch things overnight and expect your business to support you. I don't believe in putting that kind of pressure on your business. I think that, and again, this is just my opinion. I am consulting here, um, <laughs> but, but this is just my opinion, but you know, you can, you can build things over time and you can have them build up and you can f- also phase out of you know, a a nine to five job or a, you know, an employee role, right? Like if you, unless you're in some kind of miserable situation, if, if you like the people there, if you have people who can advocate for you, go in and advocate for yourself. And, and you can say like, look, I love this. And there's more that I want to do. What could we figure out? A lot of companies hire consultants, big companies, small companies, mid-sized companies, and like, you know, it might end up being cheaper to, to them and you can continue to, to have you on part-time. Let's per se, let's say, let's per se, let's per se, let's say, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they have you on part-time. Meanwhile, you're using the other half of your time to build your business, bring on more clients all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but all of a sudden you're making more money than you were just working for that one company. You're not their employee. They're your client you know, things have changed a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's a really ideal way to start things um, because it's a little safer. Um, but the one thing is you have to kind of have an exit plan. Um, if you really want to bet on yourself and have your own business grow, you do have to like in your head, know that that arrangement's not going to go on forever, unless that's what you want. That might be great. It might be great to have like a steady chunk of income working part-time mm-hmm. kind of as an employee for someone. And then the other, the other part you know, to, to be in your own business and that might work well. But if your plan is ultimately to go off on your own, like you should have like, you know, a goal in place of when that is going to be in a cutoff point. Cause otherwise I've watched it happen to people where then it just like never happens because you're right. comfortable or it's scary. It is scary. So well, um, you and, do have to push. Them. Yeah. And like, and, and that's why we talk so much in IGC about project planning and like setting goals for yourself and setting timelines. Like it's always what by when it's not just about what you want to create. It's about by when are you going to create it? And we have to create deadlines for ourselves. Like we have to self coach. And, you know, one of the things I love so much about coaching is that it trains you how to think differently, how to operate differently, how to plan differently, how to, um, show up differently, right? It really teaches you this level of responsibility around your life and that anything is possible with a plan. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also want to go back to something you said before about, you know, finding ways to be supported in your business, even if you're doing it alone. So Mm -hmm that was really helpful for me to have in coach training because my business was so solitary at that point. Mm. Um, and then bit by bit, I have found other consultants in my consulting business to really partner with. And Mm. there aren't a ton of them, but you know, it's great because we all experience the same issues. And then, you know, when I can bid on projects with them, like it's so much better doing it part of a team Mm -hmm. than being the only one, um, but, you know, finding the right partners that you can trust and that are like-minded and have complementary skill sets. Um, that is tricky as well. <laughs> um, yeah. but it do. it's awesome. Yeah. 
there, you know, Olivia Chapman, our, our co-founder, she always says like, you have to pick your hard, right? Like she was teaching in DC public schools. Like it was hard for so many reasons. Being an entrepreneur is hard in many ways, but her perspective is she's much, she'd much rather have that hard, right? The hard where she has control and she has power and she can make choices rather than the way that it used to be. So another thing I want to talk about is reimagining your work. It's something you are very passionate about. It's something you teach to your clients. So talk to me a little bit about what that means. Reimagining, reimaging your work, even in corporate roles, maybe as an entrepreneur, what is that to you? Um, to me, I think it's about getting clear on what you really want and then figuring out a plan to make that happen. That's at the simplest level. And you can do this in corporate or in your own business. I think when I talk about this, I, I think about it more for people who are like mid-career or senior level. This probably wouldn't work as well for an entry-level person. But I think the first thing is to take a step back and reimagine like what it is that you want to be doing. And mm -hmm. in order to do this, you do need to have some type of competency or something that you have built some expertise in or something you know that you're good at. And um, part of this is really understanding what your natural talents are. So these are the things that you're good at that come easily to you because you, like you were saying, what Liv talks about, like pick your heart. I also mm -hmm. believe we need to work with ease and keep things simple. Like I find that that works best. Mm -hmm. And so if you cater towards your natural talents, like that I think is going to make everything easier for you and you're going to be more successful. Yeah. Um, so that's really a, a important part of figuring out what works for you and then having that drive what you want and like, you know, what it would take to either get an employer to kind of use you in that way or build mm -hmm. a business around that. And you can build those type of things into negotiations with an employer or the operating model in your business. Um, and then kind of once you know that, you really need to figure out like, you know, what's a business model that's going to allow you to show up that way or or some type of job that's gonna allow you to show up that way and still make money. And you know, anytime you do things differently, there's gonna always be like naysayers or people are always gonna have advice mm -hmm. <laughs> and tell you, oh, that's not gonna work or you need to think about it a different way. And that's, a, that's the time when you really need to be able to shut out some of that noise and get that like inner confidence in, in what you've decided. Um, and that's, I think where a coach could actually be really helpful because a lot of, a lot of this idea of reimagining your work requires like independent thinking. And so there's a lot of mindset work around that too. Yeah. So like, you know, going through the exercise of what are your gifts? What are your skills? What do you enjoy? Like, what do you hate? Right? Like, let's, let's not, do, let's not go in that direction, but understanding more about who you are, how you like to work, you know, knowing yourself, these are all really important parts of being able to even reimagine because like we get so stuck in whatever's going on at the time. And we start to sometimes feel like it could never be different. It's never going to be different. But what I'm gathering from you is like, that's what you really push people to do is how could this look? Yeah. And I mean, maybe you haven't seen someone that charted this path before, but like, why can't it be you that does it? Um, like when I started my business, I didn't see a lot of people that I had worked with in consulting or even an industry that were going off and starting their own consulting business. Um, but that doesn't mean I can't do it. And even today, after doing it for this many years, I don't see that many consultants that run their business exactly like I do, but mm -hmm. the way I do it works for me. And so 
Um, I mean, there's a reason that things are like tried and true, but I feel like there's also room to push the boundaries and to customize and craft things to work for you, especially if you've like proven a competency in an area and, and people know that you're good at what you do. It gives you a lot more leeway to kind of shape things the way that you want them to be. Yeah. Elena, how long did it take you once you left corporate and started your own business to start making six figures, start making a substantial income, feel like, wow, I've really got this? Um, well, I was lucky. I had a strong start. And so I was making six figures, I think, in the first six months. Um, but my income was probably not like consistent <laughs> every, you know, for the next six months per se. I think like in the first couple of years, I always landed, you know, around the same revenue every year, but it was mm -hmm. kind of lumpy throughout the year. Mm. Um, and so, lumpy. Um, the, yeah, the nature of consulting and maybe even coaching, depending on what your business model is, is that sometimes that's the way it is. It can be feast or famine. Right. Um, but going back to your point about like planning, I always have like a minimum number and know what the mix of projects and clients are that I need to get to that number. And so mm -hmm. I'm not just like flying by the seat of my pants, hoping that, <laughs> hoping that I'm going to, you know, hit certain targets. And so I think a lot of it is planning. And after doing it for a while, you start to know like what you need to do and how much business development you need to do to get to that, get to that number that you're trying to hit. Right. Yeah. I love that. And then talk to me about building a business on your terms, like doing what feels right for you, not being pressured by other people's advice, being willing to adapt and grow. You said that that's been something that's really been a game changer for you. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, a lot of it goes back to confidence and knowing that the value that you bring. So if you know, you know, what, what it is that you're good at knowing what the market rate is for the things that you're good at and like what some of your your peers and competitors are doing and sort of how you compare to that, that can be really good to build your confidence and help you know, you know, where your value is in relation to others in the market. Um, and I think using that kind of as like your fuel, because it's pretty easy to let, to get rattled by a lot of the external forces, whether it's like family that, you know, doesn't want to see you taking this risk. So they're mm -hmm. kind of like, well, why don't you get a job? Or, um, or even like friends that just don't get it and like, don't understand different stresses and anxieties that you might have as an entrepreneur versus, um, versus them. And, um, and like even just people that, you know, don't want to see you succeed, there are going to be those people out there. And so you have to be really clear about why you're doing what you're doing and know really the value that you bring to the table. And I will say, even after all these years, I still have to remind myself of that sometimes because we're all going out there and trying to get new clients and hardly anyone I know has like a hundred percent hit rate of getting hired every single time. So like, you know, that can mess with your ego a little bit sometimes. And so you have to have like a strong foundation so that you can let those things roll off your back or learn from them because right. there are things that you can learn about why you weren't hired for that one job. Yeah. I think like one of the things I love that coaching teaches that's so applicable here is like curiosity, like just being curious about, okay, why did I get the job? Why didn't I get the job? What what made that client say yes? What made that client say they're not ready yet? And actually asking those questions, you know, I think we learn how to ask really personal, really intimate questions in a way that doesn't feel intrusive or like rude. Yeah. I remember when I first went through coach training, like over 10 years ago, I was like, I felt like, like rude asking certain questions. And then as you learn like this finesse and how to you know, position things and how to ask a question that no one's ever 
been at, no one's ever asked them before. That's like my biggest compliment as a coach. And I'm sure it's like the same in, in consulting too. It's like when a client says, no one's ever asked me that question before. I'm just like, wow. Yeah, no, I think it is. I mean, Nikita, you're really expert at that, asking the tough questions that um, I know when I started working with you, I was like, hadn't thought about a lot of the things that you were asking me, but I also like, didn't want to think about a lot of the things. And so then you, you really like, I feel like you had to like chip away at me and warm me up, <laughs> like kind of open my thinking and expand a little bit. But I think having someone that can do that for you um, in your business and your personal life is so valuable. Yeah. So for those of you who are, who are listening, maybe you're that person who like needs someone else to come chip away at you, right? Like I've been that person, Elena's been that person, or maybe you're like, you want to do the chipping, right? Maybe you're like, I'm, I love people. I'm fascinated by them. I love businesses. I love organizations. You know, I want to coach. I want to consult. I feel like, I feel like we're like detectives a little bit, you know? And then of course you come in as an, as an advisor and, um, you can really weave this beautiful mix together of coaching and consulting, and you can make it what you want it to be. Right. So we have so much freedom and so much power. And like you said, we get to reimagine and reinvent. What about for your business? Do you have a process with yourself where like once a year you like kind of reevaluate and reimagine things and look at the next year? Like, how do you hold yourself accountable? Yeah. So um, sometimes it ends up being on a yearly basis. Sometimes it depends on like when a project ends. So like I just wrapped up um, a big engagement with a client that I've been with for almost two years. So I'm actually in that period now where I'm doing a lot of reflection um, Mm. because I'm in a transitional period. I have some work, but I have a lot of like white open space of where I can figure out, do I want to keep doing the same thing or do I want to make it look different? So Mm. um, it's tough when you're really, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse when you're like so busy and have constant work because you don't really have that time to do that. And so um, it's nice when you get a little break and you can do it. But if not, I think it's important to build times into the year. I would say probably more than once a year, like quarterly or every six months to take a step back, think about how does this feel? Do I want right. to keep doing it? what's important? I mean, I've had times in my business where I'm just like, I'm going to just maximize the money I can make and worry about whether I like what I'm doing, like when this contract is and, and other times where all I want to do is work that is like so meaningful and purpose-driven. Yeah. And, um, I think it all ebbs and flows like, you know, from year to year, I don't don't want to do the same thing every year. (laughs) Right. But you're in the driver's seat ultimately, right? Like you get to choose and you know, there's other challenges that come with being your own boss. I'm like, are we really, or our clients are boss, you know? (laughs) Um, but you have more power and you get to do the reimagining and you get to be at the helm of that, which is so cool. Thank you so much for joining me. Is there anything else that you want to share? Um, well, I just like to encourage everybody to, you know, listen to whatever that inner voice is in them. And if it's telling you to do something else, like take that seriously and really explore it and see if there's something there. And everyone's afraid when they do something like that. But, um, I think I just encourage everyone to take the opportunity. If you're feeling a little bit stagnant or like something should change to really think about how you might be, be able to like reimagine your career and your life in a way that could be more fulfilling. Yeah. I love that. Make the choice for your future self. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And where can we link up with you? Where can we find you on the interwebs? Tell us all that good stuff. Yeah. You can go to my website, mosaicgrowth.com, or I'm also on LinkedIn. Awesome. And you have a free coaching tool that we'll be posting in the show notes as well, right? 
yeah, I have a number of free tools on my website. So there's a whole section with free tools that address um, a lot of the underlying things that I've talked about today that can kind of help you jumpstart, you know, thinking about reimagining your career. So check those out too. Yay. All right, guys, hit the show notes and link up with Elena and start reimagining your life. It is never too late. And now is the time. Thank you so much. Let's face it. The world needs you and your clients are waiting. This is the year you make it happen and become a six-figure certified coach doing exactly what you were called to do. If you loved this episode, give us a five-star review and share it with someone else who's ready to make moves and answer their calling. We can't wait to see you next week and help you make your first or your next six figures as a certified coach.